For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void, for the law brings wrath. When I started my last job in Memphis, I moved dioceses from Arkansas to West Tennessee. Every diocese handles transitions differently, but they all do background checks on their incoming priests. Uh, Every diocese has hired some kind of national firm to make sure that a congregation has chosen a priest um, who isn't some grifter moving state to state in order to evade the consequences of his or her actions. This is good. What surprised me uh, about the Diocese of West Tennessee was how thorough the thing was. Um, A lot of you work in the school systems around here, so maybe you won't blink an eye at my 26 pages of questions and information for this background check, but I was shocked and a little annoyed, honestly. When I got to the page where it asked me to list my traffic violations, I felt genuinely offended. And I've never even had a speeding ticket. The next page that asked me my credit score, also impeccable, but I wrote that number with real aggression mixed in with my pride uh, as I submitted that to their inspection. I don't know. Truth is, we do want to know. Uh, I want to know when I've been the one doing the hiring. We have laws in order to contain destructive behaviors in our society, to keep them from spreading. We have laws amongst ourselves as Christians that are much stricter as to what our behavior must look like now that we have claimed Christ. But we also know that the way that laws become damning and pernicious, the way a law is applied differently to different people. A traffic stop that ended with an officer giving me a warning for speeding instead of a very deserved ticket looks different for someone who is not a young white woman. Paul writes to the community in Rome and says, the law brings wrath. Of course, Paul is talking about a different kind of law, the Torah in the Old Testament. All those commandments of God meant to chisel and shape you into a person who is righteous. If we know the value and necessity of our own laws, it was that much more valuable and necessary for Paul and the early converts to Christianity. Originally, everyone that we would call a Christian was a Jew, a type of Jew who believed that the Messiah was truly revealed in Jesus. There were no arguments about right conduct or following the law because everyone agreed with Jesus' statement that he did not come to abolish the law but to fulfill it. It's not until later, uh, with Paul's missionary efforts of bringing the good news to us Gentiles in such large numbers, 
that the question of following the law becomes paramount. Instead of 26-page documents about your credit score, you could tell much more obviously who was following the law and who wasn't. The markers were physical, circumcision and food, what you ate and who you ate with. Now, Paul argues that the barriers that we keep putting up to determine who is in and who is out have have to come down. He argues this up and down the New Testament. Salvation is not drawn along an ethnic boundary, is not determined by the state of your body or the company you keep. It is found in Christ alone, full stop. But Paul argues this not by saying the law doesn't matter or that it doesn't have its place, which is a disturbing thing that Christians have sometimes argued throughout history. Paul says there's something older than the law at work here. He says all of you who claim salvation because of your heritage as children of Abraham have forgotten the story of Abraham. So think back to last week when we heard the covenant of God with Noah. In the Bible, I have mentioned to you repeatedly, God's dealings with us as time goes on become increasingly one-sided with God taking on all of the work. Noah's covenant was extremely simple. Two things, don't murder anyone and don't eat flesh with blood still in it. No matter how you feel about having rare steaks, you know, this is a remarkably simple proposition for a covenant. Two rules, and God promises to take care of Noah's descendants forever if they follow them. Well, they don't, to God's great distress. Time goes on, and we meet Abram, the next step in this shifting process of salvation. God appears to Abram and now makes a promise. You will be the father of many nations, and through you all people will be blessed. Did you notice in the reading what Abram had to do in exchange? Nothing. Nothing at all. That's the promise. I will be with you and try to teach you to walk with me. And the text says, Abram believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. It was not circumcision that was reckoned to him as righteousness. It was not the law, the Torah, which wouldn't be formulated for many generations. The promise started with faith, belief that God was someone to trust with your whole life. How the promise began is how it continues. Do you trust God? What does that look like? It might look a little something like letting some tension out of the vice of your control, which isn't actually working anyway. If you didn't rely on the law, you might be able to let go of the accounts you've been keeping on who has wronged you. As you became more aware that your life's worth 
was only measured in grace, you would find your own heart begin to radiate the same. The law brings wrath because the law makes us compare and measure our worth against each other. That's why we love it, too, and we need it, and we use it. Again, Paul's point is never that the law is worthless. If Paul were here, he might illustrate his point by having you look next door at our nave. If you did, you would see an intricate network of scaffolding creating a new floor that extends the length of the building right over the choir loft. And on that floor, you'd find another scaffold built to reach the highest peaks of our ceiling so that no piece of repair is out of reach. Paul might say, this is the law, built to give you access to the dark and hidden corners of life for repair. But do not mistake the law for the promise. It is meant to serve us, not condemn us. Because what you are began with a promise. I will be with you, God said. And when the scaffolding does what it came for, it too will end, as we do, right where we began, trusting in the promise of God and letting the rest fall away.